As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I'm here with Rob. We're in person. Uh, it's been a while, and we're sorry about that. It's been a crazy kind of couple of weeks. School's ending for me, so, like, we're almost done with, with school, and Rob's had a crazy last couple of weeks. I don't know if you want to talk about what you've been up to. Yeah, well, I mean, I got, I got a little more free time on my hands, which is good. Uh-huh. Um, by choice, I should say, so that's good. <laughs> um, Just so no one gets yeah. the wrong idea. Right. Um, ankles coming along, you know, mm-hmm. so, you know, Achilles is just taking its time, but yeah. hopefully we'll get back. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it has been, a lot has happened. Yeah, I was at a bar with Rob and it was like up eight flights of stairs and <laughs> it took him maybe 10 minutes to get on the stairs. Well, Poor yeah, guy. the bar was like upstairs and we had dinner beforehand, which mm-hmm. was also upstairs, yeah. but the bathroom was downstairs. Yeah. So it was just a mess. Yeah. Anyway, but good to be back in person. Uh, we are uh, currently watching the UVA baseball game against Old Dominion. It's on, this is what, Sunday night? Yeah. Yeah, so it just started. We got a leadoff single, although I guess there's a sack something. Anyway, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. update you. It's top of first right now, was, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep you updated. But anyway, um, we've got a lot to talk about because we haven't been doing this for at least three weeks, maybe four. Uh, it's been a while. Yeah, a while. The last one was about um, uh, the 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 basketball was, player, right? Well, it was. Um, I thought it was like spring football or something. Oh, you're right. It was spring. It football. It was after the spring game. So yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. been a month. It's been yeah. a month. Spring game thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, because the spring game was like May first or second. Yeah. Here we are, June sixth. I think it's June sixth. I don't even really know anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's embarrassing. I was looking at our episodes, and I'm. I had episode 105 twice in a row. So the <laughs> So this is actually 107. Okay. Right. Good to know. Good to know. That's good to know. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about and before we get into it, we do want to talk about our sponsors from Locker Room. Uh, Locker Room is a live audio-only sports talking platform. It is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time while you're watching the games. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reactions to breaking news. You can um, you can download it today and create your own account. Follow whoever you want to, and make sure to create your account and download the Rock Locker Room app for free on the iOS App Store today. UVA okay. football is the softest bunch of cream puffs, bow tie wearing, brie cheese eating, NASCAR wearing wussies I've ever seen in my life. Punch people from UVA right in the neck. 
they wear suits to games. <laughs> That's absurd. We don't have um, Ben online anymore. All right. No, no, Dang. we're done. That's sad. I know they couldn't. They say they couldn't come to an agreement. It was it's like tough. Ben online was tough. like, it was like they were trying to make us do all this like mid mid stuff and like share a bunch of stuff online and you know we just didn't want to. The shrewd negotiators at the table. Were yeah. Just like nah. Yeah, we we I think I think the idea was not to bog down the the good fans of the podcast. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can appreciate that. Yeah. So we only have locker room right now. Okay. Yeah. We'll but, come back. There's uh, anybody can advertise with us. Literally anyone. anybody. So it's, it's all good. If anyone wants to advertise, yeah, call, call, send us a DM. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Anyway, we've got a lot to talk about. So we have, since our last podcast, we've won two national titles. Coach K retired, and uh, we've got some football transfers. So we're going to touch on everything at first. I think what we do want to talk about first is I think Coach K retiring, mostly because it's most recent, also because I think it hasn't been talked about like ad nauseum yet, and so we'll get there. We'll, but yeah, <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Yeah, I think this season is just gonna be a. It's gonna be unbearable. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be unbearable. It's gonna be tough. I'm really interested to see what like different fan bases do. Like I feel like I feel like if I was at a game, I would clap. And 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 I know I know that's maybe not a strong opinion. I I know you're you cringe when I said that. But, <laughs> I was but, gonna say I was gonna boo. Boo, but. yeah, boo. But like, I might boo and clap. Yeah, I might do both because I, while I do like dislike everything he stands for, he's also been like a great coach. And I I had this I had a conversation on Twitter with a couple people, but. You know, as dominant as Virginia's been in the ACC since 2013, most wins in the ACC in that time, Duke has dominated Tony Bennett during that time too. So even though, you know, Tony Bennett crushes most of the ACC, except Coach K and FSU, Leonard Hamilton, Mm -hmm. um, Mike Krzyzewski is the only one that really gives Tony Bennett fits. And it's not even because, you know, of the players. I think a lot of it has to do with, coaching and of course you know all the national titles all the stuff that he's done for the sport you know being the the national coach for for many years and stepping away from that so I think I would clap but also boo I think I might do both yeah I mean as much as I hate to say it he probably de- deserves a clap I think you so. know he's like like one clap yeah <laughs> he deserves like a second of recognition for being arguably the best coach in college basketball history mm-hmm. um but yeah, I'm like, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like most people listening to this probably hate Kay. Mm-hmm. Um, for a number of reasons. I never liked the guy to begin with. I will say like the moment I really realized I hate him was in the 2012 season when we beat Duke at home court mm-hmm. and, you know, Joe Harris has 36 points mm-hmm. and, you know, we ended up not making the tournament that year, but everyone thought, oh, with that win, we're going right. to the tournament. And the story of the game wasn't, the upset, the story of the game was Kay complaining for a week about how we had rushed the court mm-hmm. and how he was terrified and like how his players were in danger when you watch the video, like they were all protected and Kay was the first one off the court, mm-hmm. like before his players. Yeah. I was like, this guy just sucks. I don't like this guy. Anyway, so 
he's a very hateable guy. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to deny his greatness, but I am going to, like, say, like, I didn't, didn't like the guy necessarily. You no, know, I wonder if it was our court storming of Duke that really prompted Kay to start taking the players off early. You know, he does that sometimes if, yeah. it, if you can like because you can feel when there's someone's about to storm court storm you. I, he started to do that a couple times. He did against Miami very famously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's been a couple others as well. And so I wonder if that was the main thing. I don't know. I yeah. guess we'll see. Well, I mean, like other moments, like, you know, you got to think about his like little situation with the student reporter, mm-hmm. you know, a yeah. couple or what that was this season it was like what's your major yeah (laughs) that was awful and then like you know the the press conference was obviously a very hateable moment Mm -hmm. where he comes out with all the clapping and everything yeah and like Kay is like totally wants this to be all about him like there's he'll he'll say like oh this is the family the duke Mm -hmm. family like no dude this is just going to be the most insufferable farewell tour we've ever seen in our lives yeah i yeah the other thing i want to say is that over the past couple years He's become more insufferable for just the way in which he, because I don't feel like he's a good coach anymore. I really don't. Mm-hmm. And like he can still recruit and, you know, you've got the brand and you've got some, he's got some great assistant coaches. You know, we'll talk about John Shire a little bit later being the coach in waiting for the year after, but I just don't feel like his coaching is where it is. And I think this is the same thing with Roy Williams. And, you know, when he retired, right? Like he, over the past couple of years, UNC's not been that good. Even though they have the players, they haven't been able to keep up with with the cha- with the times of basketball. Their times are changing, and you know I, I think it's been tough for them to get there as well. And, you know, Coach K's been beating uh, John Calipari at the one and done game, mm-hmm. but you know when you have a team of Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish along with several other five-star recruits and really good backup players, and you don't make the Final Four, I think that's tough, right? There, there was a thread on one of the Duke message boards that one of my friends from .com sent me, and they were talking about that season. Like, how did they not win the championship? Right. It's like, well, you almost lost first round, mm-hmm. then Tech should have beat them, yeah. and then they lost, what, they lost to, um, didn't mm-hmm. they to Taco Fall, that team? No, 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 they, they lost to uh, Michigan State. Okay. Yeah. But... Anyway, yeah. No, I mean, there's a whole thread about that. My buddy, he yeah. was just laughing. He was yeah. like, well, yeah, that was the year we won. Yeah, Even, we, but they beat us twice that year. They they did beat I was just about to say they beat us twice. That was the one team that we struggled to play against, right? Yeah. And that's the the thing about Coach K. And I don't know if, you know, I, I'd like to say it's a matchup problem. I think Zion is a matchup problem. It's a talent problem. It's a talent problem, yeah. right? Exactly. Like, we just didn't have the same talent as they did. Even though, you know, I mean, we had three guys from that team go into the NBA. Four if... Four with Mamadi, yeah, and uh, Jay Huff maybe this year, and Trimmer was on that team. But yeah, we had a lot of great players on that team, and but but they did as well. You know, they had three first round picks. Zion Williamson is a generational talent who we have just barely begun to see because of injury problems so far. Yep. R.J. Barrett uh, is okay, I guess. Cam Reddish is not; he's not doing great. But anyway. You know, I, I just think it's incredible they didn't make the Final Four that year. No, I mean, it is. I mean, yeah. looking back, it's it's insane. Now, you know, they, they almost lose to U, UCF and Taco Fall in the second round. Yeah. And then lose to, they almost lose to Virginia Tech in the Sweet 16. And then they lose in the Elite Eight to, a, I guess, a good Michigan State team. But, you know, certainly they had more talent than that Michigan State team. And I think they should have won. 
They should have been in the Final Four. Yeah. I mean, the one thing, you know, we're talking about, like, Kay and that team and, you know, Roy retiring as well. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, to Kay's credit, like, Kay has definitely adapted with the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Roy, I think Roy's style was very effective, but, mm-hmm. you know, might have just lost a step as a coach kind of towards the end. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes that just happens, you know. You know, you think of Frank Beamer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even put Dom Starge in there, mm-hmm. like incredible coaches that just, you know, had a couple lackluster seasons towards mm-hmm. the end of their career. Um, I you mean, know, jo- Kay jo- has evolved. You can look at George Welsh too. George yeah. Welsh, same thing. No, you that's know. a good point. I mean, he, he had a couple bad seasons and then he was kind of, he, he was out. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at Kay, you know, Kay, to his credit, has evolved and, you know, he kind of has truly embraced the one and done model. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether or not that's, sustainable you know we're still kind of you know we've seen one and done's now for you know all in on one and done's for call it like 10 years or so now uh, ever since um ever since the rule but no one really embraced that was in, that was in the early like, 2000s yeah, yeah but calipari was really the first like really embrace mm-hmm. it like i'm gonna build a team like this yeah um anyway to case credit he did adapt to that mm-hmm. and you know duke really duke has seasons where they're not as good this past season for mm-hmm. example um but you know they really have stayed with the times and Kay has shown the ability to adapt. I'll give him that. He's just, just a hateable guy. You know, like I'm, I'm not like, you know, like you said, if he came on the court, you know, during this farewell tour, which as we'll say again, it's going to be insufferable. Mm-hmm. It's going to be 10 straight months of this, but yeah, I mean, does he deserve a clap? Probably. Does he deserve an applause? Yeah, probably. But man, it's going to be tough. Man. My guess, let's go through some teams that they're going to play and take a guess if they're going to clap or boo or some of both. I'm curious about the North Carolina team. I am too. Because yeah. you got UNC, which obviously is the rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even throw Wake and NC State in there. You mm-hmm. know, what are they going to do? Um, I mean, you can put Virginia in there as well. You know, not a North Carolina team, but mm-hmm. certainly a rivalry with tradition that goes back pretty far. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm curious, too. And then, like, you have, um, you know, what is Syracuse? Not a traditional ACC school, but, you know, Bayheim, kind of the same pedigree as K mm-hmm. in terms of long-tenured, legendary-type coach. Anyway, it is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, I need to find their schedule. Anyway, well, let's just, let's just, I don't know any of their non-conference games. I don't think games. it's been released yet. I don't know any of their non-conference games, but let's take a look at the ACC schools. So, UNC, let's start with UNC, the big one. Like, what happens when they go to Chapel Hill? I really don't know. I, I honestly feel like they might give them, like, an applause. I think they're going to clap. Yeah. I think they're going to have a tribute video. Oh, my God. If there's tribute videos I think this season. Gonna, I, I, think, I think UNC is going to have one, for sure. I really because it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like the, I mean, that's the thing. Like, we, that, that's the rivalry. Yeah. Right? So, like, if they don't, like, acknowledge it. Like, think back to, like, like Kobe and Jeter did this too. Like when Jeter was going to like, what what happened at I don't know what happened at Fenway when Jeter went to I Fenway. Have no idea. We should look that up. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if anyone knows, tell us. But like, <laughs> I, I I don't know. So I I my guess for K at Carolina is that they're gonna clap. Okay. They they seem like you know that that's like the and thinking back to like how Roy was and like how that whole stadium is set up with like the students way at the top and the the, the old people yeah. all on the bottom my guess is they will clap okay my guess they'll clap what do you think i mean i i do ultimately feel like you're right i feel like when push comes to shove mm-hmm. people are gonna 
pay their respects. <laughs> but I just hate to think about it, dude. Yeah. Like, if there's tribute videos out there, dude, I'm going to be so angry. Like, right. if UVA at JPJ, if there's a tribute video to K, like, I'm I, I don't know if UVA will do that. I hope they don't do that. I don't think they would. UVA is pretty by the book. Like, mm-hmm. it takes a lot for Especially them to Especially with change. Tony. Yeah, yeah to change their, like, game day routine or, like, anything like that. Like, like think back to, like... The only time I can remember them doing the last time they did something special was when Malcolm's jersey was retired. Yeah, I was and they, shocked by that. And they had the t- they had t shirts, yeah. and he came out at uh, before it was before the game or halftime. Um, it was before it was, the game, I think. Or it might have been both. I don't know. I'm not sure, but anyway, yeah, the the t shirts were huge, and that was only a year after he graduated, which was also really weird. Yeah, I was surprised that happened. It was like Chris Long. Remember when Chris Long got his jersey retired mm-hmm. before? The Virginia Tech game, like he mm-hmm. still had two more games in a UVA yeah. uniform, and they retired his jersey. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I guess we'll go off script a little bit, but I'd be surprised if they did in this instance. But yeah, but that was just for their own. There yeah. wasn't like any anything. I I can't remember other than like something like a moment of silence before the national anthem or something. But I they've never done anything like that for anyone. Yeah. But this is an unusual situation, right? Like most coaches don't announce before the season. Yeah, most coaches don't need the giant farewell tour. Right. And most know? most don't aren't like, this is my last year. Pay your respects, you know? <laughs> like I can like most coaches are either just retire at the end of the season, like Roy did, or they get fired if they're bad or, you know, whatever. Uh, so I think it's just, you know it, I I'm interested. I, I bet UVA claps. I'm all I almost guarantee it. I think UVA will too. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm not gonna like it, but no, I think I, think I won't they like will. it. As I said, I'm a if I go, I'll boo and clap. <laughs> how okay? Here's another question: How much do you think tickets are going to be for the UNC Duke game? Last last oh, game dude, of K be, yeah, at dude, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Like, like the students are going to be camped like crazies, man. Like I'm sure that game for the last Duke mm-hmm. Carolina game would be crazy. I'm sure the last game at Cameron Indoor he'll do will be crazy too. Oh I bet the I bet the last home game of the season for them is gonna be Carolina. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah, I, if they if they if the ACC screws up that scheduling, it, it, I will never forgive them. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I feel like you're totally right. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a lot. Dude, I mean it's not like there's a lot of tickets in there to begin with. No, no. And I, I and also, you know, his last game at Carolina, even the game in Charlottesville, right? Like like the Duke Duke tickets are already several hundred dollars when yeah. Duke comes, like even in upper seats. When if if it's his last game, uh, especially some of the older people who you know, there's Duke fans all over the place, and they'll travel and people just people will go to these yeah. things. So you know, it's gonna be really interesting, and Sports Center is gonna have a whole thing. Oh, it's gonna be awful. Dude. Yeah, it's gonna be awful. This whole season, like this, has almost ruined the season. <laughs> it's just knowing that every like it's just gonna be Billis just showering praise mm-hmm. on Kay the entire season mm-hmm. like game day sports center mm-hmm. like it's gonna be insufferable yeah Packer it, and Durham or if you guys still <laughs> watch that like they're gonna be all over that they don't mention that Kay is also the devil they forget <laughs> to say that sometimes that he is reincarnated as as the literal devil so anyway. Oh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, his replacement, John Shire. So John Shire, of course, was the um, was a player for Duke, right? He played on their um, championship team in I think two thousand. I think it was two thousand eight. Okay. Um. Don't quote me on that. 
I think that's when they won. So, you know, he's only 33. He's young. As Coach K said in his press conference, you know, he was 33 when he took over the job, and you know, however many years ago, 40-something years ago. Uh, and his first three years didn't go well, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how Shire does. How do you, what do you think is going to be, um, how do you think it's going to go with Shire as a new head coach for Duke? You know, it's tough because I really don't have a feel. Um, well, you know, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase it. Right? How how would anyone do following up the great the job. greatest coach? It's right. an impossible job, right. you know, because you have to come in. Obviously, Kay has been there for what forty years, mm-hmm. maybe even longer. Um, yeah, it's impossible. You never want to be the guy succeeding the legend because the bars are set so high that you're always going to be compared against him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously for his career, like it's a tremendous opportunity. I'm sure he'd take it 10 times out of 10, but it is a high pressure job, yeah. you know? And like K is like, like Duke basketball is one of, if not the only college basketball school that like has a legitimate brand. Like people know Duke basketball because it's Duke basketball. And like now you're trusted to uphold that. Now, you know, he's coming from a situation where he's learned from K for the past 10 or so years, mm-hmm. like very, very familiar with the program. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough job to fill. What, it, how do you feel about it? I think, I just think he's set up for failure. I, I just, I just don't see how, like if he doesn't do well, you know, there, and I don't know about like, like recruiting, is that going to change? I know that Shire, Shire has been a key recruiter. He recruited Jason Tatum there. Mm-hmm. Right, he was the lead guy for Jason Tatum. He's helped to do a lot of the uh, recruiting for, you know, some of the they they get good recruiting classes every year. So I I think all the assistant coaches get credit there. But you know, I think Shire's been there. He he's been coaching um, in Durham since 2013. He was a special assistant, and then he was assistant coach in 2014, and then he was promoted to associate head coach in 2018. I think that was after. Uh, uh, um, uh, Pitt head coach, uh, shoot, I mind blank. Uh, I can see him. <laughs> anyway, this is anyway. embarrassing. Anyway, he, he was promoted after that that guy left. <laughs> oh, Cable, right? Cable. Yeah, yeah. yeah Sorry, we both blanked. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, so but now I I just don't see how anyone can can live up to what people expect from Duke basketball, right? Like if he can't get recruits or if he can't you know coach as well as some people think he can this could be I think I think I don't know how long his leash is you know yeah well I mean his benefit is that Kay has given a stamp of approval on this yeah so he's gonna have Kay's backing for you know call it at least two years (laughs) um unless things go really really bad yeah um but no I mean you know we're not really he doesn't have like a coaching career outside of Duke really so like it's not like we can point and be like, oh, well, he was head coach of this team and they did X, Y, and Z, so we expect him to do that too. Like, you know, he's going to be his own coach. Like, I'm sure Kay's traditions, like the way the team is coached in general will be similar. Mm-hmm. You know, think of it the same way. Like, if Tony Bennett were to step down and one of his assistants got elevated, like, we'd probably still run the pack line, you know? Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of similarities in the way, you know, Duke is still coached and the way they look. Um 
I guess what remains to be seen is how effective it will be. You yeah. know, it's kind of, you know, almost a case study on K in general and saying, you know, is K, has K really just been getting by on talent if Shire's still able to recruit the same talent, but mm-hmm. maybe they don't do as well? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, alternatively, if they stop recruiting at the level they've been recruiting and you're like, all right, was K really just a recruiter? You know, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, there's really not like a body of work to you know, say definitively one way or the other, like, yeah, I think this is going to be a good succession plan. I mean, you know, the other, the other thing to think about is, will they change their, um, will they change the way that they play and recruit, right? Like, do they go back to more of a, like a, how we, how, like, how do, how we grew up on Duke, right? Like the old, like tough on defense, hustle for ground balls, you know, punching people sometimes, being nasty, uh, slapping the floor, that kind of stuff, right? Do they go back to that? Because he played, he played in from 2006 to 2010. Yeah. Um, one is won the championship in 2010, so I was a couple years old. But, yeah. but you know, does he go back to those roots, or does he stick with the one and done model? Yeah, I mean, again, it's really just tough to say one way or the other. Right. You know, I, like I said, I'm sure he would take this possession ten times out of ten. I mean, who mm. honestly like. Who Very, yeah, like who wouldn't want to be Duke head basketball coach, you know, especially a guy who played at Duke. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the dream. And this is something that's been talked about for a long time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, despite his jet black hair, which in no way is natural, Kay is in his 70s. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it's it's not a shock that he's retiring necessarily. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough place to perform. You know, expectations are going to be high. And at 33, he's going to be in the national spotlight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough. Yeah, you know, I would. I actually speaking of his hair, he's letting his hair grow gray now. In his press conference, his hair was gray. I think, I think it's gray. Okay. Like so, he it might it might have been the lighting, but I think he's like I think retirement means gray hair. Okay. Well, I mean, that'll be a sight to see, man. I know. You know. know. Anyway, but yeah. So we'll see what it means for the ACC. I mean, Duke's still gonna have the brand. Mm -hmm. They're still gonna have all the former players. You know everything that goes with that. But yeah, you know, it's tough to say, you know, how they're going to do afterwards. I'm sure, I mean, they'll still, at least immediately, still be able, I think, to land a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. I think the success of the first couple seasons, you know, call it first season or two, is really going to determine, you know, are they able to still recruit at the level they've been recruiting at, or does the philosophy need to change? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think, like I said, we're probably two years away from knowing that. I would, you know, I want to talk about a little bit just how the ACC is going to be different, right, in the upcoming years. Because next year we're not going to have Roy Williams, which is going to be strange. Year after that, we're not going to have Coach K. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Beheim is 76. My guess is Beheim leaves when Buddy graduates. That, that I think that's what most people think. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll he'll be gone soon. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Hamilton is miraculously in his 70s as well. He looks like he's 50, but he's in his 70s. Um, you know, Jim Laranaga is in his 70s or close to it. You know, we've got a lot of old coaches in the ACC. So, you know, eventually, like sooner rather than later, um, Tony Bennett's going to be one of the the most experienced coaches in the ACC. Yeah. Which is something weird to think about. Well, I mean, it's weird to think about too. Honestly, what? So this will be his... 12th season I mean it's kind of crazy to think about he's been around for as long as he has been Mm -hmm. um still considered you know young by head coaching standards yeah um 
but yeah, no, I mean, I saw, I think someone on Twitter was talking about this, you know, like you call it three or four years, like Tony Bennett probably really will be the face of the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not a guy that's like going out of his way for media interviews or mm-hmm. like, you know, doing things to like, you know, build the spotlight of the program. So, you know, I expect it to be different from Kay, you mm-hmm. know, who's, you know, very proudly, you know, toting his accomplishments. You know, even Roy, like, you know, Roy is a much more social guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not going out of his way to necessarily find the spotlight, but he enjoys the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is going to be different, you know? Like, we'll again, like, we'll see how Shire does um, and, you know, how kind of these programs, you know, entering the next phase, UNC, Syracuse, et cetera, kind of evolve. Mm-hmm. But it is going to be different. And I think, you know maybe quieter in a sense, yeah. you know, when Tony Bennett's kind of the face of the ACC, but yeah, I mean, it's a good honor to have, obviously. That's yeah. It, it, it's just, I'm not exactly sure. Like does the ACC lose credibility now? Like, I think, I think it all depends on how these programs do with new head coaches, right? And especially UNC do because they've been the face of the ACC for forever. Mm-hmm. Like, for as long as I can remember, probably, probably since the eighties. Right, seventies and eighties, they've been the face, along with like you know, NC State's been good, uh, but especially in basketball terms, you know, it's been UNC and Duke, and now, it, that's gonna change. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say like credibility. You know, honestly, like the Big Twelve, Big Ten, they've been just as good, if not better, than the ACC for right. the last couple of last years. couple of years, especially. Yeah. yeah. So you, I mean, the basketball landscape has shifted a little bit in the sense of that you know, these kind of Midwestern teams are mm-hmm. really excelling and doing well. And then Gonzaga is kind of out there as mm-hmm. well. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe prestige is a better word, you know, maybe does ACC basketball, is it, does it become looked at more like ACC football where mm-hmm. you kind of have Clemson and then everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, the hope would be that we're the Clemson, we're the Clemson. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're the Clemson equivalent when it comes to basketball, but yeah, like you said, I mean, to be seen, um, but no, I mean, I don't think the ACC is going to, like, lose its luster necessarily in the national mm-hmm. spotlight. I think Duke is just too big a brand. UNC, not quite at that level, but similar. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go in the Northeast, Syracuse is a much bigger deal than it is here. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it is, it will be different. There's no question about that. And I think, I think also, you know, with the programs, like, you know, Pitt has really fallen by the wayside since uh, Jamie Dixon left. And Louisville as well, you know, they, they haven't been nearly as good since since the whole scandal and, Patino, you know, Patino leaving. Yeah. So, you know, those, those two programs were brought into the ACC for basketball purposes. And Sy- Syracuse as well. Syracuse yeah, as well. 100%. And even Syracuse hasn't really been that good, like, in the regular season for most of that time, yeah. you know. And that is just super – it's just weird that, you know, is the ACC – It'll be interesting to see if the ACC drops even more with new coaches at Carolina and at Duke. Yeah, I mean, totally. And it is a changing in the guard, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Kay, Roy, I mean, that's already huge. Yeah. You know, and Kay will be gone after next season. You know, Bayheim, I think, will be right around that time frame mm-hmm. as well. And then, you know, Leonard Hamilton, you know, put some respect on his name. You know, he's been around for a while, but, you know, he doesn't quite get the national love, probably because and, of lack of a Final Four. And and he's but, but he's, he's a good. he's, he's not great. going anywhere. Like, I feel like he's just peaking as a coach right yeah. now. He's getting the recruits. 
They play to I hate playing Florida State. They're always yeah, so long. Does. They're so athletic. athletic. They're so big. They're physical. They're, they're well, they can hit shots. And that's the thing. They're well coached. Leonard Hamilton is a good coach. He coaches them. He makes them tough. They play great defense. You know, I I, I actually, yeah, I love watching Florida State, but they, they annoy me because of, they, he just gets tall. He just gets length. You know, he just, he just gets long guys, uh, which is tough. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to. To see, you know, where the ACC goes from here. And I, I'm interested to see, you know, how Hubert Davis does at UNC. Yeah. As well as, you know, how Shire does in, against Duke. Uh, or for Duke next year. And also, you know, I think it will be interesting to see Kay and how he does this season. I think that's going to be a major storyline of this season. As as insufferable as it will be, you know, to know someone. Like, I just call him K, Like, a letter. One letter. And you know who I'm talking about. Right. So I think that that means that that shows how important he is in college basketball and sports and everything like that. So, you know, I, I'm 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 interested to see how he does this season. I, I am interested. I am not like you. I may, I'm actually more interested <laughs> this season rather than less interested. It's the way Kay wants it. Man. Yeah, I know. He, I know. he sucked me in. Yeah. And <laughs> some. Yeah. Devil's work right there. But anyway, Rob, any last thoughts on. Coach K retiring, Roy, anything like that? Nah, I mean, what you had said, um, what, like a week ago, whatever K announced it, is you mm-hmm. were like, yeah, I feel like K just hijacked the podcast. Yeah. Because we did want to talk about, you know, lacrosse yeah. winning a national title. Uh, obviously, that's been, you know, over a week ago now. Mm-hmm. But um, we do want to spend some time on that. So, you know, now that we've spent however much time we have on Coach K, mm-hmm. you know, definitely... Definitely ready to talk about that because I mean that is a big accomplishment. Let's talk know? about you some UVA stuff. Yeah, on the UVA on the UVA sports podcast. <laughs> we, this is not a Duke basketball Kay's podcast. The worst, man. Just hijacks uh, look, everything. Look what he's done. He's tearing us apart. <laughs> um, but yeah, so UVA lacrosse beats Maryland uh, in the NCAA championship, seventeen to sixteen. Uh, that was on Memorial Day. A couple that was, that was two. That was two, last weekend, right? Two, last Monday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's been a long week. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, they, that was – it was a great game. I wasn't able to watch it. I was actually with uh, my future in-laws, so I was I was being polite. But I did keep going to the bathroom to check my phone. And uh, I saw the highlights. It looks like a really funny – I haven't recorded, so I got to watch it. But, you know, back-to-back championships is difficult to do in any sport. And I know there was the COVID year in between. But, uh, Rob, what, what are some of your thoughts on the, on the back-to-back – championships defending the championship yeah well it's a big deal um obviously and you know it's a little different since you know there wasn't a championship last year Mm -hmm. but it was back to back you know um no i mean it's a great game virginia led most of the way but you you knew this game was going to come down Mm -hmm. the wire great save at the end by alex road um making that stop you know literally at the buzzer um so i mean that was a great play lacrosse was a big deal you know winning back-to-back championships and you know, two things kind of stood out. You know, I was talking with a couple people about this. Um, you know, one, you know, is it too early to start talking about Lars Tiffany's legacy? Back to back. Obviously, Dom Starcher was there for a long time, you know, did great things with the program. But mm-hmm. I want to say Dom won five titles and Lars has already won two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously be a great start to his career. Um, and, you know, like he's on track 
you know, to realistically go down as potentially another UVA great head coach because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not inconceivable to think he could be coaching here for a long time. Yeah. You know, second part is, you know, is this like one of the more impressive national championships we've seen, mm-hmm. at, at least in lacrosse, men's lacrosse? Because, yeah. you know, you think about it, it was, I think it was straight chalk in the final four, um, you know, all very good teams. The announcers are talking about the whole time how this is the best final four field they've seen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I was talking about a lot with one of my friends from high school was the lacrosse landscape is so different now than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. And so different, you know, now than it was 20 years ago. And you can keep going like that. Um, there's a lot more teams. You mm-hmm. know, the ACC has expanded. The Big Ten has teams now. Mm-hmm. You know, Yale won a championship a few years ago. The mm-hmm. Ivy League is still a force to be reckoned with. You know, Lacrosse is a much more competitive sport, less regional and more national than it has ever been. Yeah. You know, not to say lacrosse is filling up football stadiums by mm-hmm. any means, but a lot more schools have teams now. And I think lacrosse as a whole is a more competitive sport than it was a few years ago. It's kind of like the opposite of football, right? You know, mm-hmm. football is really consolidated at the top, like Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama. Lacrosse has really expanded. You yeah. know, despite the fact that UVA has won two consecutive national titles, you know, UNC is so good. Notre Dame's so good. Duke, you know, Syracuse, Denver, you know, mm-hmm. like all these schools, Yale, Penn State, yeah. you know, there's so many schools. So I think this has a case to be made as maybe the most impressive men's lacrosse title, you know, one, not just by UVA, but just in general, because the sport is becoming more and more competitive. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, you know, the the thing about it, you know, we beat the number one seed, UNC, in the semifinal. We beat the number one undefeated team. They were ranked number one the whole year, but they were undefeated the entire year as well. Before that, in Maryland, you know, th- this was a really great team effort. And, you know, the team wasn't, you know, it, it, this happens sometimes with Virginia. And this I know this happened in the 2019 season as well. Not as good at the beginning of the season. You know, we lose two games against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. they, they just had our numbers somehow. But, you know, the ACC is tough. And, you know, you know, with Notre Dame and Syracuse. And the Final Four was all ACC and, and old ACC. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was U, uh, UVA, UNC, Duke, and Maryland. Uh, just a great Final Four. Really fun to watch. I saw a lot of people, as you were saying with, like, the growing sport aspect of it, I saw so many people on Twitter being like, oh, wow, like lacrosse is so fun to watch. And Big Cat was watching it, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, it's just like, like, and it's not like too difficult to get into because like some like people know hockey, you know, there's aspects of soccer and football involved. A lot of um, it's quick, like baseball. I don't know. You used to play lacrosse, right? The, 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 The motion of the the of throwing the ball is very much like baseball. I mean, fundamentally, it's very similar mm-hmm. to basketball. Yeah, so. exactly. So the, it, it's really cool, and it takes aspects from a lot of different sports. The rules are pretty easy to understand, it, and it's so fast-paced. The, the, a couple of years ago, what is it, five or six years ago, when they when they started doing the, the quick uh, the quick restart of the clock, and you know they add the shot clock in. So it's just a really fast, fun game, and uh, I you know I wish I watched more of it. Um, I did watch all the games in the tournament uh, that UVA played in, and so I, I just I just love watching. It's it's so fun, and yeah, I'm glad I'm glad it's growing. I mean, it's a fun sport. Yeah. And honestly, I did not think I was going to like the shot clock, but mm-hmm. I definitely like the shot clock. Yeah, like it's it was a great addition to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun sport, man. You know, it like, like it doesn't get the national press. It's still, you know, largely still pretty regional along the East coast, really the Northeast, if we're getting really particular about mm-hmm. it. Um, but you know, it's growing and, you know, as we're watching this, UVA just hit a home run, so we're up 4-0 over Old Dominion. Sorry, mm-hmm. switching spring sports here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, speaking of baseball, you know, that's another thing that kind of is an obstacle to lacrosse's growth as a sport. It's just mm-hmm. the existence of baseball because, you know, well, like, actually, you know, yeah. like, football, like, football is the sport in the fall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and when you hit the winter, you know, it's at least for men's, it's basketball. Yeah. Um, and, you know, lacrosse has to fight kind of the historic nature of baseball in America. Yeah. Baseball is still kind of the definitive spring sport in this yeah. country. So anyway, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was cool for me to, um, I was at the championship in 2011 when we beat Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um, so 10 years later now, you know, unfortunately it was not in Connecticut, but it was cool to see, you know, another kind of UVA over Maryland championship. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it was a fun, fun end to the season. I mean, you know, the way we crushed Georgetown yeah. and then, you know, get the dramatic win over UNC mm-hmm. and Maryland. Um, it was a great end. Yeah. So I am, uh, you know, and, you know, going back to the Lars Tiffany. Sorry, I'm a bit disconnected. Oh, okay. I can hear you now. Oh, okay, good. I just want to sure it wasn't like. No, I, um, you know, just going back to the Lars Tiffany aspect of it. I, I mean, he, he is also one of the, you know, there's a UVA coaching mold of like, having a lot of grace, having a lot of um, being calm, but also very, you know, humble. And, and Lars Tiffany embodies all of that. You know, he's very, very much like Tony Bennett, very much like uh, um, Bronco Mendenhall in that way too. Not as not as weird as Bronco, but, but still very, very, you know, humble and, and thankful. And I, I really, he seems like a great guy. And I'm excited to see, you know, where he can continue to take the program. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, him and Bronco are, pretty good friends. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, he consulted Bronco because the way the lacrosse season was is without the ACC tournament, they had Mm -hmm. to go three weeks from their last game before the start of the NCAA tournament. And he consulted Bronco. He was like, how do you run practices before a bowl game? Mm Because it's a similar time frame. Mm -hmm. So he and Bronco worked together on kind of outlining schedule on that. Um, Bronco is an avid reader and Lars, maybe not to the extent Bronco is, but is also a big reader and will Mm -hmm. give the players like books to read because he thinks it'll help them with this problem and that problem and what have you. So mm-hmm. he and Bronco actually, you know, <laughs> I don't know if Lars is as outwardly, you know, different as maybe Bronco <laughs> is as a football coach. Yeah. And I say that because Bronco is very open, you know, he loves the aspect of developing young people. He doesn't necessarily love the aspect of coaching college football. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? I don't know if Lars is that way. Lars loves lacrosse, you know, Lars, it's big on the heritage with the Native Americans and carries mm-hmm. the wooden lacrosse stick around. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's some differences there. But as far as, you know, interests and the way they interact with the players, mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities in the way they plan and everything else like that. So anyway, point being, just like you said, like he fits the mold of the UVA head coach. Yeah. You know, he fits it to a T. And so far, he's been very successful. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm excited to see what he continues to do. You know, still defending national champs for, you know, we're going to go have three years of UVA national champs, which is great. Uh, another national championship that we just had was in women's tennis. Women's tennis. We, uh, uh, Rob, you want to you want to talk about that? Yeah, you know, admittedly, can't say I really followed this one, but 
This yeah. was an individual championship. It was mm-hmm. not a team championship, so it won't add to the count that, what, UVA is at 29 mm-hmm. now? 29. So, okay. Um, but anyway, freshman Emma Navarro for the women's tennis team, um, freshman out of Charleston, South Carolina, she won the women's tennis singles championship um, Friday before Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. um, that match being in Orlando, Florida. And she beat the defending national champion um, out of Miami, so it was mm-hmm. kind of cool. Uh, beat her in straight set, 6-3, 6-1. So, again, not a team championship. A lot of athletes from, you know, not just UVA, but, I mean, heck, even Virginia Tech, Mm -hmm. won individual national championships, but um, it's a tremendous accomplishment for her to win the women's singles. Yeah, and it's just, you know, she just crushed people. Like, it wasn't even close, you know? It only took 75 minutes, (laughs) 6-3, 6-1, and uh, that's that's crazy, you know, how, how impressive that was. So, you know, we will watch her career with great interest, and uh, I, I hope that, you know, she continues to do it. Kind of like um, uh, a couple of years ago as well, when, uh, what's her face one? Shoot. Um, blanking. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but she won two years in a row. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, this is embarrassing. We should know this. But, uh, but <laughs> Danielle, yeah. Danielle. Danielle Combs. Yeah. Um, anyway, interesting with Emma Navarro. Her, her closest... Uh, match was actually the round of 32 where she lost the first set 1-6 mm-hmm. but then won the subsequent set 7-5 and then 6-0 mm-hmm. after that it she pretty much proved well I take that back the semifinals was three sets as well yeah. um, against UNC but anyway an impressive feat nonetheless so I'm glad we could talk about it exactly um, Rob I know it's been a while are there any football updates in terms of recruiting people visiting um any updates on on young manning and and how he's doing <laughs> how we're doing in his recruiting process young manning according to the athletic has not ruled us out so that's <laughs> that's a step that's in the right good. direction <laughs> that's all you know that's as much as we can ask for at this point i like I it's think. like yeah you know like school i forget what other schools he mentioned with us it's like yeah school i think like, vanderbilt yeah like schools like vanderbilt in virginia you mm-hmm. know they kind of are more like me off the field type of deal. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, what's that mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not as good on the field, maybe. Yeah. Academic, I don't know. Anyway, we have not been ruled out. So that's an intriguing one to follow. Um, yeah, you know, at this point, we're in a big um, period for recruiting. So mm-hmm. the dead period, which had been in effect since COVID, which essentially eliminated in-person interactions with recruits and coaches Mm -hmm. that was lifted on june 1st so we're five days into the end of the dead period what does that mean is that means a lot of players there's just a built-up demand of players who have been postponing these official and unofficial visits Mm -hmm. so with football there was a bunch of official visits this past weekend there's going to be more each weekend of June. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be a big time for commitments. I think we're going to see a lot of the class of 2022 for football commits starting to get filled out. Yeah. Um, you know, most recent commitment being Davis Lane, the quarterback mm-hmm. um, out of Liberty Christian Academy. So anyway, with him, you know, he's a tremendous athlete, track star, one of the best track runners, um, you know, in the country, mm-hmm. honestly. So definitely fits kind of the dual threat quarterback mode. Mm-hmm. Also of note is that he goes to the same high school as five-star Zach Rice, mm-hmm. who we're recruiting heavily. Zach Rice will be, will be taking an official visit soon as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, anyway, there's a lot of action on the recruiting front. And then, you know, on 
the you know transfer front, we just added a new wide receiver, Artie mm-hmm. Henry, out of Marshall. Um, he essentially is backfilling scholarship of Garrett Bulmer, who just transferred to Old Dominion from mm-hmm. UVA. So there's going to be continue. You know, we'll see if there's any more transfers to come. You know, by my math, we probably need someone to leave before we can accept another transfer. Okay. Um, as, just as far as scholarships count go, but. Yeah, you know, we're in a hot period of recruiting right now. I think it's the best way to say it. So I think yeah. there's going to be kind of a wave of commitments for people to follow probably over the next one to two months. Okay, cool. So it's so it's the fun time, basically. It, you know, I love when they're practicing. I yeah. love, like, you know, in the games. I, you know, I love when there's football on the field. But, yeah, you know, hopefully there's nothing bad happening over the next month right. or two. It's just going to be mostly additions to the roster via 2022 class. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Um, I, I have nothing to add to the football <laughs> recruiting. Um, but with with I do want to say with uh, with Little Manning, I uh, I saw a video of him at the Clemson football camp uh, this weekend, and he just tossed a straight dime to like fifty yard pass right in the receiver's hands, highly covered. It, he looks good. So I mean, it's it's without pads and it's situational stuff. So you know that makes it look good, but. You know, it, it it's cool to even be mentioned in the conversation yeah. with uh, with you know the number one recruit in the whole country. So even though he'll probably end up at you know Clemson or you know Ole Miss or Tennessee or something like that, you know we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean to be fair too, it should be noted. I think a big reason we're in the conversation is just family connections, yeah, and not the Peyton and Eli side of the family necessarily. Right. Peyton Manning's wife has, has been documented, attended mm-hmm. UVA. Um, I think his the the kid who were recruiting, his older sister, mm-hmm. I think is a first or second. I think she's gonna I think she's gonna start next year. Okay. Um so anyway, there's family connections there which are helping us out. Mm-hmm. But I think that's we're the being only mentioned. Thing. I think that's so, the only so thing we have going hope, for us. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how long we can drag this out and you know, maybe make it interesting for us. Maybe not, but yeah. you know, regardless. You know, it is interesting too. He's a pocket passer, so you know, okay. he's he's not the Bronco dual threat type quarterback. Do we I, even do we even want him? That's the real question. You know, do, do we even yeah. recruit him at this point? So <laughs> he can't anyway, be a it shows it shows how real the interest is. The fact that we are going to be recruiting a guy. I mean, he has the Manning last name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's a guy that does not really fit our offensive system. But he's you can build a system around him much yeah. the same way we did with Kurt Benkert. Yeah. So hopefully this one will be even better. Even better. So, yes. Anyway. Uh, that's that's where we're at. Cool. Um. Um. That's good to hear. I, I. I think it's just fun. Have I ever told you I met, uh, Mrs. Manning, Peyton Manning's wife, one night? Yeah. I was at the Virginian, and we we were. She was dancing on tables with everyone else. It was fun. Yeah, we hung out with her for. Was a that while. the same night? I think it was our fourth year that Peyton was in town too. Like, was he? Mm, no, no, no. This was a ran, random weekend. Okay. She, I think she was there for like. She's on like some committee or something. And so she was in town for like a meeting and like they, I think they're at the table next to us. It was like me and my buddy Tim yep. and uh, I think someone else. And Tim is a Colts fan. Like he loves the Colts. Love Manning is like his dude. <laughs> and so, so the guy, we were, we were, you know, I was chatting with the, the, she was there with someone else who was like her friend. And I was like, she was like, do you know who that is? And I was like, no. And he's like, that's Peyton Manning's wife. And I was like, whoa, I got to tell Tim. And Tim like, lost his mind he he was like talking to her all night like got a picture it was really fun so and she was lovely she was really really nice really great 
Um, great dancer. Yeah, just chilling <laughs> and just chilling and uh, nice country songs in uh, the Virginia. That was still when you could get on the tables. That was back when you could get on the yeah. tables. Yeah, yeah, that's been outlawed since. <laughs> I th- I heard someone fell and like got hurt. Yeah, but I'm sure that, it had to have been. That happened every night. I, I mean, so <laughs> they had to, they must have, like, tried to sue or something, so. Yeah. I do remember the night that Peyton Manning was out at UVA. Mm-hmm. And I remember it because I didn't go out that night. And yeah. I remember waking up the next morning and, like, half of my Snap and Instagram or whatever was, like, just pictures of Peyton Manning. I was what, like, it was probably, it was probably right after he um, was going to be, uh, Doing the commencement speech, right? Most likely. Anyway, missed Peyton yeah. Manning that night. Yeah, glad you got to see his wife though. Yeah, no, she was she was super nice, super nice. I forget her name, so clearly, <laughs> clearly, I, uh, I I don't I didn't we didn't like spend the whole night with her or anything like that. But yeah, she was really really cool, really cool. Anyway, um, that was that's my fun story for the day. <laughs> uh, I I want to do a quick update on like who's in the NBA. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, Let's play- do it. We're hitting on everything. Yeah, today, we're, we're, this is a hodgepodge <laughs> mixed bag. Oh, we talked about K for thirty minutes, so, so we, we got talk about basketball, football, women's tennis, if, men's lacrosse, if we're baseball. Talk, if we're gonna talk about Duke for thirty minutes, we're also gonna talk about UVA sports for thirty minutes. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna shove it in, down your throats. That's what it takes. So uh, in the NBA, I know that the Nets are playing the Bucks in the second round. Joe Harris has been crushing it. Really great game last um, night. Yeah. And then uh, DeAndre and the Hawks uh, just won their first game today against the uh, top-seeded Philadelphia 76ers, which was great. Although, uh, Dre didn't play today. I don't know if he was hurt or if that was just a coach's decision. I I did some light light Twitter search. I couldn't find anything. It was just people saying, why isn't Hunter playing today? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they, beat, they beat the 76ers without... DeAndre Hunter playing. So, I mean, that's pretty good. And he's, he's been playing really good defense. Like, he he did a great job of um, helping to guard Derrick. He was guarding Derrick Rose and Julius Randle uh, yeah, in the same game. So. Essentially one through the four, five if needed yeah. defensively. He's already a great defender. Yeah. The and he, level. like, DeAndre is so, but his shoulders are huge. Like, he is, bul- he is bulked up in his couple years in the NBA. So, uh, good to see he's doing well. Back from injury as well. Uh Kyle and Ty are not in the playoffs. Mike Scott is also on the Sixers. I didn't. I don't think he he got some run against the against Anthony Gill and the Wizards. Wizards yeah. yeah, he he basically gets run if Embiid is on the floor, and Embiid yeah. is pretty much always on the floor. Yeah, he's playing. Although he was he got hurt in the Wizards uh, series, so uh, he was back today. I just you know I don't know how serious his meniscus. Hurt is yeah injury not injury. hurt. <laughs> I, I don't know how to do English well. And then uh, yeah, you also got Mamadi in there. That's on the right Bucks. on the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. like uh, small Giannis. <laughs> he's basically like they're I, they're basically treating him like he's Giannis, but just smaller and not as lengthy. I think whatever, man. They yeah. love him. I know their social media. Mm-hmm. And the team themselves actually love him. Dude, so I, it's hard not. To. It's hard not to. He's so he's so like. Full of joy, like he plays basketball with joy, and that's really it's really fun to watch a player like that. Uh, did we forget anyone? I don't think so. I, don't think, I know we did not have anyone in the Western Conference make the playoffs. Yeah, that was on a UVA roster. Yeah, so um, I think we hit. I think those were the guys. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, cool. 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 So I. Uh, what else is that? It. Oh, uh, um, uh, Kurt Benkert's on the Packers now. 
you know, Kurt Banker's on SportsCenter every day. You know, what's the Aaron Rodgers update? Here's the highlights. Of oh, really? Jordan Love and Kurt Banker, yeah. Oh, do they interview them? Uh, they, they don't interview them. Oh, they just talk about them. Well, there's just, oh, here's Jordan Love and the same shot as Jordan Love right beside Kurt Banker. And Kurt throwing. is right there. Yeah, well. so yeah. he's getting his time in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was picked up by the Packers. And yeah. Yeah, you know, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, you know, maybe he'll be the he's got a shot. Yeah. yeah, he'll be a backup. So anyway, lots of stuff to follow. The beauty of the offseason, man, is, you know, it's just, you know, you don't get the games, but mm-hmm. there's always. You get the drama, there. right? Yeah, a lot yeah. of drama. You know, I've actually really got into watching the nba playoffs i think i turn them on every night i used to not watch the nba at all like growing up it was just like college basketball college football um but i love watching the nba playoffs i think you know watching nba regular season gets like kind of boring after a while it's just like kind of the same thing mm-hmm. a, a lot of the same thing i mean they're really it's really fun to watch them play but you know it's uh you know kind of it's, it's just it's sometimes easy and you know it's not always great during the regular season. But the playoffs are really fun. You know, the defensive matchups that they try and do, the the coaching that goes into the playoffs is really interesting. And I, I really enjoy watching them. So I turn them yeah. on every night. No, I'm the same way. A lot more energy. And then, you know, honestly, like um, just having the crowds back at close to full force is mm-hmm. a big deal too. Yeah. So there's so much more energy in the stadium now. It's, it's been fun. I'm really excited to see uh, – I was, I was joking with my dad that uh, – you know they they announced that that Scott Stadium will be will be at a hundred percent capacity right. in the fall. But it, you know when was the last time we a hundred percent? It's been a long time since we had a sellout. Yeah, yeah. Although I think we probably got pretty close against um, Florida State a couple years ago. Yeah, that would that, be that was a great. I mean, that was such a fun game. Mm-hmm. Stadium was fall. Yeah. Night when it yeah. was awesome. It was very beautiful. Um, cool. Any anything else you want to mention, Rob? Any any Tic Tacs or things that we I'm didn't out, cover. I'm out of ideas. Man. Out of we ideas. Everything. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that's all for us today. Thanks for joining us. This is Guys Size Podcast. I guess, you know, our schedules are so busy. I guess it we'll just see what I mean, you're you're a full time podcaster now. That's right. Yeah. And, and there's a definite like lack of rhythm in the off season too. Yeah. You know, it's football we'll try to hit after every game, basketball, mm-hmm. you know, you kinda of follow that schedule. Yeah. Off season, you know, it's a little bit more We'll have to get more mess. creative. This yeah. is this is where the money gets made. It's, this is why they pay us good money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. For the off season content. So anyway, we'll we'll get into it later. But we'll see y'all next time. Go who's make sure to follow us on Twitter at Guys and Tides Pod. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Snapchat. I don't know how how much uh, bonus content's been going up. No, just make Our sure. Avid to, fans know. Yeah, they know. They know. The real ones know. Make sure to follow us there at, at Guys and Ties Pod. Go ahead and uh, follow us on Spotify and iTunes if you want to keep listening. And we will see y'all next time. Go Hoops. Go Hoops.